If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. For all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim, this is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright, shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is Jay Kokorowski. We got John McNamara. We got intro music, second show with some intro music, and we're excited. Of course, again, we're powered by Overtime Media, and we have a lot to get to today. We're going to talk some specialists, the return games, the punters, kickers, uh, and the competition at all those spots, really. Uh, we'll also talk Wisconsin Alabama, because we didn't get a chance to talk about that earlier this week. But first, let's talk for those that are on Twitter, right? First thing you see yesterday, or if you're getting home from work, uh, you start to see, or even just in the evening hours, checking your social media feeds. Guess what? Two, as we call them, John and I refer to them as bat signals or badger signals. What do you want to call them? First one is the hashtag badger, badger boys 20. And the next one was the Wisconsin with the 21 substituted for the S and the I. So those are the two Badger bat signals, right, John? And of course, we still don't know who the 2020 recruit is, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you broke it. In-state running back for the 2021 class from Eau Claire, Loyal Crawford commits uh, one offer from UW. He camped with the Badgers in June. And he is the fourth verbal commitment for the 2021 cycle. And he's the third in-state talent. How surprised were you by how quickly his commitment ended? Um, I would say a little bit surprised because when he picked up the offer, I think less than two weeks ago, he said that he wanted to play things out and he wanted to see what other schools would come in. And Wisconsin was his first offer. So I thought that, you know, it could happen potentially sometime this fall after he went out and saw some schools, but you know, I think once the offer came, it was probably only a matter of time before Crawford committed to Wisconsin. Obviously, he he committed last night, and uh, he becomes the fourth member of that 2021 class, uh, the third kid from inside the state, uh, which is huge for Wisconsin. You know, coming off the I shouldn't say coming off this 2020 class, which are, they're still absolutely in the thick of, uh, but that was a strong in-state group, and you know, it just it helps when you can get that talent from from your own backyard. So. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good get for Wisconsin. Uh, Crawford missed a big chunk of his sophomore season uh, due to a collarbone injury, but I talked to his coach and, you know, he said he thought he was averaging about 160 yards per game uh, before the injury happened. So, um, you know, he's, he's came to Wisconsin's camp the last two summers and really impressed uh, coach John Settle. And I, I think he's in line for a huge fall 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what he can do at Eau Claire Memorial, uh, getting started in about a couple of weeks here. And even too, uh, we had an article with the coach. What did the coach say about, about his progress, his development leading up to this offer and now this verbal commitment? Yeah, it's, it's more about his development away from the field. Uh, you know, Loyal was really honest when I talked to him after he picked up the offer. He said, you know, I, I cleaned up some things. I started hanging out with better people. I started making better decisions. And uh, that what that's kind of what he thought led to the offer uh, from Wisconsin. I don't think it was ever really a question of, you know, what can he do on the field? I think it was more of, uh, you know, tightening a few things up uh, outside the football field and then the classroom and stuff like that. And then, you know, his coach kind of emphasized that as well, that, you know, he mentioned that his, his attendance is up and his GPA is up, but he, was, he made it a point to say, hey, look, this wasn't like some terrible kid we were dealing with, but he just started to look at other areas and say, hey, I need to get better here. Um, Wisconsin visited him five times uh, at uh, Eau Claire Memorial and talked to his coach. And, uh, you know, they laid out a plan for him. They said, hey, look, if, you know, we're serious about Loyal and we need him to do X, Y, and Z. And it sounds like he put a check check mark in all those boxes there and that's what led the offer and and that's why he's part of this 2021 class right now so he is like we mentioned before the fourth known verbal commitment for wisconsin's 2021 class the third in-state player joining jp benchwell who is the first one offensive lineman four-star rated lineman by rivals and then also athlete jackson acker from verona just about 15 minutes south of Madison. And then there's quarterback Deacon Hill from California in this recruiting cycle. With the commitment of Crawford, what does that mean for the 2021 class? And in your opinion, what's next to the address? Because I have a feeling that there's a lot that they can work on too. It's still really early on, but what do you think they need to address next? Well, I I guess part, going back to the first part of that, it's, it's interesting now that they have Jackson Acker and Loyal Crawford, and, and certainly this isn't you know a situation where Wisconsin had to pick one or the other. I think it starts with Jackson Acker because he's a guy that earned his offer at camp as a running back, uh, but could certainly grow into a linebacker the next level. You know, we talked to Jackson about that. We talked to his coach about that. Uh, he's he's just a very good athlete right now, and you know if he stays the way he is and his body kind of stays where it is. He could certainly play running back at Wisconsin, but if he continues to get bigger and stronger, and you know, you're looking at a six foot three, 230, 240 pound kid, you know, maybe he plays outside linebacker. So that's just, you know, it's a good problem to have there. Uh, Crawford is more of a, you know, true tailback. Um, I don't see him projecting to a, you know, receiver, the defensive side of the ball. I think Wisconsin absolutely likes him at tailback, and, you know, that's where he'll stay. Uh, so, you know, the question is does Wisconsin uh, look to take another running back in this class? And, um, you know, a lot of that depends on what they do in 2020. Uh, they don't have a scholarship running back right now in this class, but that could certainly change this fall. Um, if for some reason they went without that, I, I definitely think you could see Wisconsin taking another running back in the 2021 class. Uh, I think there's really at least one guy to definitely watch. Uh, Marquise Irving, a kid from Illinois. Uh, Wisconsin was his per- first Power 5 offer. He's already visited unofficially. Um, and, you know, the staff will certainly keep tabs on him and the other guys that, that they're after in that 2021 class at tailback. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a good problem to have when you have really talented guys and you'll, you'll kind of see where the cards fall uh, once they get on campus. So if you guys followed yesterday on social media, Wisconsin's director of player personnel, Saeed Khalif, within a minute of each other, it was actually the Wisconsin 2021 
bat signal or badger signal, if you want, whatever you want to call it, was at was literally a minute after the Badger Boys 20 hashtag and his tweet with that. We still have not heard the public commitment. Do you think an announcement publicly is coming soon? It has to, you'd think it'd be coming soon based off of all this, right? I hope it comes soon. Uh, we've been waiting on this one for a little, for a while. Um, I think it's going to fill a, you know, big position of need for Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, if you, if you follow, you know, the, the Badgers den in the message board and you follow Wisconsin recruiting pretty closely, I think you have a really good idea who it is. And, you know, we're certainly going to let that prospect announce whenever he's ready. Um, but a commitment is in, and, um, I would imagine it comes soon. You know, we've been hearing things that, you know, he was ready to decide and then things got pushed back, but, um, you know, whenever he announces, whenever he's ready, I think we have some content that's uh, all juiced up and ready to go. So I, I hope it hope I hope it happens sooner rather than later. But I guess it'll happen when he's ready to announce. Talking about the Badgers, then make sure if you guys want to know more, our Badgers Den community. That's where you hear a lot of rumblings. It's where we kind of break down a lot of in depth talk about not just recruiting but the football team in general. If you guys subscribe to the site. You guys knew right before we actually published the, the live article, the news about Griffin Grady. I had put that up right up on the Badgers Den message board. And, and John, don't we have a promotion? Isn't there a promotion going on right now? It's for rivals. There is. Uh, it's a, I guess you could call it a cross promotion with Adidas. Um, if you go to our front page and you sign up for a new annual membership uh, and get 25% off plus a free $75 Adidas, Adidas gift card. So, um, Adidas is kind of front loaded, um, rivals.com with, with a lot of that merchandise and a lot of, uh, I guess, gift cards and, and, you know, whatever goes into that. And, um, we're hoping that we on our end at rivals.com can, can help fill up a lot of those, those, uh, those gift cards and the spots that they gave us there for that promotion going forward, you know, with our specialist preview, this is the last position preview we got, what we're going to talk about with the punting game, the kicking game, the return game. There are questions at all those positions. And now, it, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting because you have some a senior at punter. You have the kicking game now without Rafael Gaglianoni. I guess between those two areas, John, uh, out of the kicking game, the punting game, which one is more pressing to, I don't know if you want to say fix, but, or the one key area that you absolutely need improvements from heading into the 2019 season? Well, I think they can improve in, in just about every facet of special teams. Um, you know, I, I think maybe on paper, the most glaring issue was punting, but um, you know, one, I think Lottie was hurt last year. Um, maybe in his plant foot, I, you know, I would have to go back and look, but I think his, his plant foot had a brace on it. Um, and two, you know, it's, it's, I, it's difficult sometimes to punt uh, from your opponent's 35 yard line in some of the, some of the cases that he was asked to punt in. So, you know, maybe a combination of both those things. And again, he wasn't doing that every time. I think there's certainly room for improvement there, but I think if you, if you really look deeper into it, there's certain situations where it's just, it's tough trying to get the ball, uh, you know, inside the 10 yard line when you're, when you're that close or, you know, when you're allowed to kick it, you know, as freely as you'd like to, you, you, your averages would go up and stuff like that. So I think it probably starts there. And, you know, you mentioned Gaglianoni, who was, you know, kind of rocky down the stretch for Wisconsin, or you could say he had a, you know, up and down senior year in total, um, you know, Colin Larsh, you know, is he the guy to do that? I think that 
Um, you know, Paul Chris made it a very concise point that uh, the kicking job is wide open at Wednesday's uh, media day. And, um, you know, I think that Lars, though, could come out there, but uh, Zach Hintz maybe has a stronger leg. You know, the one area where, where they are very good is is kickoff, and that's because of Zach Hintz and his, his strong leg and, you know, being able to get the ball in the end zone. Uh, it returns, I think, Crookshank, you know, if you look at the guys, the, the playmakers on this roster, Aaron Crookshank is is probably right up there with just, just about anyone. Um, I think, you know, you could see him take a big jump from a true freshman season where he played in every game to his sophomore year this fall. Um, and then, you know, at, at punt return, you know, it's probably going to be Jack Dunn, but I'm sure they'll try some other guys out there. So I guess the, the, the kicking jobs worry me a little bit more than the returns, but as a whole, I think this whole unit under Chris Herring could get a whole lot better. Yeah. And I mean, we're going to talk about the impact of losing Rafael Gaglianoni for that matter right now. You mentioned it. He was 10 of 17 last year. Oh, of one from 50. He was only one of three between 40 to 49 yards and even between 30 to 39 yards four of seven. And in the last few games, he was two of six from Purdue, Minnesota, Miami. Mike Lucas had a tweet about Gaglianoni really saying that there were some injuries last year too. He was out for part of that fall camp, but overall for his career, uh, this, he was a player that combined outside of last year being an outlier accuracy plus a cannon of a leg. I guess what is the impact of losing him Maybe maybe what's the impact of losing a healthy Rafael Gaglianoni? Um, you're probably pretty significant. You know, if I'm not I'm not looking at it right now, but I think he ranks right up there in the record books with some of the better kickers Wisconsin's you know ever had uh, on campus. So I think that you know he was a guy that you know over the last four years you you look to say hey look you know we we have our guy a kicker and there's not a whole lot we need to worry about there so. Um, you know, going into camp when you have a, a battle at kicker, just one more thing that you're focused on. Uh, but again, I don't I don't think it's a huge issue. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, someone's going to come out of here and I think they have two pretty good options there. But, you know, it, I think it just helps knowing that, hey, I can pencil and gaggling only there. And you've been able to do that for four years. And that that certainly takes uh, not necessarily some pressure off, but, you know, as many boxes as you can, I guess, pencil in before the start of camp uh uh not necessarily easier but the the like more smoothly things might run yeah yeah and uh just real quick about gaggle you know just some quick facts about him he connected on a school record 70 field goals going 70 for 92 uh field goal percentage 70 point 76.1 number five all time at uw and of course during that freshman season in 2014 which it's crazy seems like a while ago forever ago, but it's only five years ago, 14 consecutive field goal attempts to end his freshman year, which tied an old name for those older Badger fans, Vitaly Pesetsky for the longest streak in school history too. So uh, like I said, big loss, but yeah, I like Colin Larsh. I like Zach Hintz. I think Larsh is a little bit more accurate uh, from what we saw in the spring, though I thought Hintz came on at the end and he's got the stronger leg. Folks saw that during the 62 yard attempt at Northwestern in 2018. So uh, again, that'll be a position that I I'll follow. I don't know if it's really anything John to, to really speculate about right now, but just with how, uh, you know, the first fall camp practice, we had 30 minutes allowed in camp Randall stadium. And I saw looked like the first duo up was Connor Allen as a holder and Larsh, but obviously it's the first day they're simulating field goals. They didn't even kick the field goals at that time. So 
Uh, we'll see, obviously, how that plays out. And you mentioned, by the way, just the return games. I just want to kind of, uh, I'm going to play a quick clip right now called Paul Christ from Friday, but we're going to play it here on the podcast right now. What's your approach with punt return game this fall camp? And Jack handled them last year. You've got a group working there. Right. But what's your plan there, and what do you need to see that would be different? Well, I think that, you know, really we've got to find a way to be more productive and, uh, and that that's that is a long play in football, and we got to. I think it's going to start with you know. Soon we got returners, and Jack's done it, and, and we got to. You know, really in all your positions, right? You want to create competition and and find more than one, and then I think a big part of it falls on the the other ten, you know. And we've got to give them a chance. We got to get it started. You know, a good punt returner. You got to be able to start it for him, and he's got to make something something happen with it. But I think. You know, the whole unit has got a has got areas where we you know, room a lot of room for growth, and we got to we got to grow in this camp. You guys heard the punt return discussion from Paul Chris when asked by a reporter on Friday afternoon, just a couple hours ago. I guess, John, who is your prediction? Who will return kickoffs, but also who's going to return punts? In 2019. Yeah, I think it's going to be Crookshank and Dunn again. Um, I get, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Uh, like I said, I think Crookshank is, you know, maybe one of the more explosive offensive weapons that you have on that roster. And, you know, you know, Jake, that they'll try, you know, seven or eight or nine guys out during fall camp there. Um, but I think it's going to end up being Crookshank there. And, you know, with the new rule change, I shouldn't say new, uh, you know, they've, they've happened a couple of years ago, but, you know, kickoffs aren't as, uh, you know, heavily returned as they, as they used to be. So it's not that, uh, you know, I guess it isn't as big of an emphasis, but, you know, in punt returns, you know, Jack Dunn was, was solid, but, you know, he, I don't know that you can call him a true playmaker. Um, so, you know, maybe they try some other guys out there, but um, I think if we, if we look back at the guys, Paul Chris has put there, you know, I think he'd rather have a guy, you know, that he's confident will be able to field the ball and, and not turn the ball over and, you know, they can bring their offense out on the field as opposed to someone who, you know, maybe a little bit shakier there, but has a, you know, I guess a, a bigger chance to, you know, break, break something off for a touchdown. So I would imagine that you see Crookshank and Dunn back there again in 2019. Jack Dunn, by the way, averaged about five and a half yards per return. He is durable and reliable and consistent. We'll see if, as Paul Crest mentioned, if he can break one, he mentioned not just it's not just on Dunn. You're looking at the entire unit, the other ten besides Dunn to make it happen. But you know, I've heard before from other from a, a memorable punt returner for Wisconsin in the past. The key for a returner really making that first guy miss and going from there. So we'll see if Dunn and company can do that. We're gonna take a quick bit break, come back. We're gonna talk Wisconsin Bama, Bucky Bama coming up in 2024 and 2025 and what that means for recruiting for Wisconsin. Just a couple minutes here on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media. We are back on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media. This is Jay Kokorowski. We got John McNamara here wrapping up the show. And of course we didn't get to it earlier this week because a lot's transpired with fall camp and media day and, other odds and ends on our end on badgerblitz.com. But Wisconsin, Alabama, both programs announced earlier this week, they have a home and home series. This is not what it was with LSU 
where it was at, you know, in Houston and then in Green Bay. This is home and home. This is Camp Randall Stadium and Bryant Denny Stadium. I don't think it has a huge effect. Uh, you know, it's something that you can pitch to these guys as, as part of it, you know, a chance to play Alabama. You know, Wisconsin views itself as a top tier program as well. And, you know, it's not like, you know, you're a, you know, a central Michigan. You say, hey, look, if, if you come here, you get to play Alabama twice and show how good you are. Uh, so, you know, these guys, you know, if you come to Wisconsin, you're going to play, you know, a lot of good football teams. So I don't know that it has a ton of, you know, juice for them on the recruiting front. Uh, but, you know, that's that's kind of the question we've talked about on other podcasts. Well, how do you get fans to show up for games? Uh, one was potentially serving alcohol and two, you know, bring good teams to Camp Randall. And this is, you know, easily as good as it gets. I mean, Alabama, Clemson, you know, those two are 1A and 1B in college football right now. And they've created quite a bit of separation, I, I would think. Uh, you know, in the way that those two programs have, have performed over the last few years. So, you know, getting a team to come to Camp Randall like this is huge. Uh, you know, it's it's what fans want. And, you know, obviously it's an it's an excellent test for your football team to see, uh, you know, where you kind of shake up at that point in the season. So um, it's it's just good all the way around, you know, credit Barry Alvarez and you know, anyone else that uh, was able to to make this thing work and, you know, getting Alabama to play a true non-conference uh, road game is is a pretty tall task. So um, whatever went into that, um, it's it's a big win for Wisconsin. I think it's it's a great test for Alabama as well. And um, I, I just don't see uh, any negative to uh, to playing this football game. Absolutely. And you take a look at it, too. This adds on to. Wisconsin plays Notre Dame in 2020-2021. There's Washington State. There's UCLA way down the line. Uh, but then there's also they Virginia Tech. They'll play this series sometime, right? Maybe before you and I die, uh, from what I can tell, John. I, I mean, I know they've talked about it. I think they've talked about it for a decade at least about the, the Hokies. But, uh, of course, now Wisconsin plays Alabama in 2024 and 2025. What's the percentage that Nick Saban, in your opinion, will actually coach this game. Well, how old is Nick Saban right now? 60-something? I'm Googling this right now. And Nick Saban is 67 years old. Okay. Well, I, you know, when would he want to step away from, you know, this well-oiled machine that, you know, contends for a national title every year? Um, I'd set the odds at 50. 59% that he will coach both games against Wisconsin. Ooh, both games. I like that one. I will say for sure 70% one game. And then for both games, I'll go I'll go like 62.5. Wrapping up the show then. Here on you know, the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. John, we got still a lot to unwrap from media day. I know I have a couple articles that'll be coming out this weekend talking about the quarterbacks and wide receivers working together. Bradrick Shaw and his comeback and he squatted 590 pounds uh, for a PR uh, coming, you know, on during the max outs, what a couple weeks ago for Wisconsin, but what else should fans expect from badgerblitz.com in the coming week? It's all full camp. Uh, you know, things have started and, you know, we've, we've been able to, 
uh, at least cover two practices now in addition to the media day, and we'll, we'll continue to do so. And um, starting Monday, I think we'll actually get to see uh, – I think that's when the full practices start to open up. So um, we'll be there for those and have coverage from yep. those. And um, obviously the recruiting stuff um, will we'll continue as well, and we'll we'll find guys who are on uh, you know visits to Wisconsin. We'll catch up with them. And there's a few guys that, uh, that we still need to catch up with uh, down the road. And, you know, like we talked about official visits are starting, uh, they'll start in September. And, uh, you know, James Thompson is one of the guys that, uh, is penciled into coming in September 7th. He just picked up an offer from Wisconsin and you would feel pretty good about where the Badgers sit with him. I would imagine at some point they get Isaac Smith, the wide receiver on campus for, for an official visit. And, you know, there's other guys too, that, that picked up recent offers like Aaron Witt, you know, a, a guy who's committed to Iowa right now, and, uh, you know, maybe there's more tailbacks that pop off as well. So, you know, recruiting never stops, but our kind of primary focus right now is fall camp and uh, making sure we maximize all the time that we're given uh, to see the practices at Wisconsin for, for this fall. Absolutely. And, of course, we have that. As John mentioned, there is the BadgerBlitz.com. Uh, there's a Rivals discount right now. You sign up for a new annual membership to Badger Blitz. You get 25% off. plus a free $75 Adidas gift card. Come be part of the badgerblitz.com community. Also find us on Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. Twitter at McNamara Rivals, me at Jake Coco. Also, we're above a thousand followers on the main account. That's at badger underscore blitz. Next week, we'll, you know what, John and I probably do that one podcast, people, that one question that we had in the mailbag about the all decades team. I know Jesse Temple from The Athletic just did an article on that, but we've been waiting until kind of a lull in fall camp. Maybe we'll start off the week with that question of who's our Badgers decade team for the 2010s. But for now, you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. If you're in Wisconsin or everywhere else, guys, be safe, be responsible. Well, guys, we'll talk to you soon on another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.